Adam, I'm sorry. Oh, for tonight. I thought you were apologizing for earlier because I and I wanted to get just get this off my chest that you sure uh, humbled me. I think you got like a, a fatality, a meeting fatality. I think that everyone knows like that sidebar fatality. Oh God, it was great. I think yeah, I everyone knows that. that sidebar conversations happen during meetings. Uh, yes. You DM'd me during a meeting in a way that just murdered me. Like I had to, like I had giggle fits and needed to turn off my camera. Oh, and great. then I turned my camera back on, but the message was still on the screen and I was back in giggle fits. You're so, back in giggle you fits. Know. And then you were giggling so much. I started giggling. I mean, it was, I definitely, I felt like the bomb maker was, I kind of like lost a hand. You're in the taking blast. yourself out. Yeah. Absolutely taking myself out. Yeah, no, that was just, uh, it was a little too much giggling. Um, yeah. It just is, had it to is, get that off my chest. It wasn't, there we go. Um, this, yeah. it, it, I was not expecting that, actually. I was not expecting, they, when I, you know, because you always do this you know, for a little bit of reaction. It was a little bit of a, yeah. you know, a little bit of a smart-ass remark. And then when I looked at him, like, oh, my God, he's reading something. Oh, oh my God, I think he's actually, oh, I think he's I've dead. got He's dead. He is actually, dead, right? I have won this meeting. I have won, I've won this meeting. It took four years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I feel that that's uh, oh good. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like you know a little bit, a bit like uh, Killer Mike and the Grammys last night. I kind of felt like I swept it. I felt you know finally age fifty. Like don't give up on yourselves, folks. It's, like you can. It's you just can get like there. that. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that's what everyone yeah. was telling me. Oh wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's wait. right. That's how everyone was telling me. Uh, so okay. so, but, but where are we? How do we get here? Yeah, this is this is what I need to apologize for. I, I'm just I'm sorry, and I think you would be right to ask. Well, what do you think you're sorry for? Is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it feels feels like conversations is, I've had with my children. Yes, right. Which is the usual response I get when I like. There's actually there are, there are actually quite a few things you could be apologizing for, and I actually don't know which one you think you're referring to. But I <laughs> right, know just narrowed down a little. Right, narrowed down a little, and I know whatever this is is going to be very underwhelming. I think, and I've been reflecting on this. Like, am I sorry that we're here, or am I sorry that I'm not sorry? And that might, it might be that I am. It's that like, I'm like, total, like a hundred percent remorse. I, I'm very like the fact that like, why are we here? Why are we getting trolled by, by the internet, you know? And why do I not have the ability to like resist it? Where, where, where's my, you know, and there was, uh, it was actually interesting to, to read the comments. There some people were like, you need to, you, you gotta fight this. Like, come on, you know, like, <laughs> I, I it's like, like, you mean people saying you're better this and you saying I, yeah. the heck I am I'm not better than this this is I, exactly I, how I, I am a free BSD frau on the on, on Twitter who I yeah. followed for many years mutual for many years a free BSD frau was like fight the temptation like you know and, I, and I'm sorry free BSD frau I, I have failed I failed you but more importantly I have failed myself I failed us all I really feel like I just I, 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 yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry, like, why do we, like, what is it about the troll? Why does one get trolled? And I know Adam on this, and I, there were other people who were like, oh, this is, okay, great. We're going to take, a, we're taking Nate Silver tweets now. Is this, is this an <laughs> Oxide in Friends equivalent of a clip show, Adam? Are we? <laughs> Pretty is accurate. This, is this just like, oh my God, like lazy writers. It's like, oh, and, oh, who's the guest? Oh, no one's the guest? You guys just read a Nate Silver tweet and get trolled over it. Okay, like this is entertainment now? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fonzie, getting ready to jump over that shark. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. The, the, the writers are on strike. Actually, we had a, we actually do have some really good shows in the works, like better than this one. <laughs> uh, actually, dear listener. Actually, dear listener, don't, don't give up on us, please. Don't give up on us the way we have given up on ourselves. Please, please stay with us. Um, no, we got some really good stuff, but we got, you know, just, we, we, we got some, some exciting guests and we just haven't quite lined them all up. And in part, in part, because I understand that we have guests that now would like more than four hours of notice before they appear, which is like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, that will give more than four hours of notice. So, anyway, so um, we, 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 this is not going to be every week, but I feel it is like once a quarter. I was trying to think, yeah. what is the cadence? Is, is, is that a, is that a reasonable? I think I'm it, just I mean, thinking back to, we had an episode called Trolltron assemble, which uh, oh, the stats yes. do not uh, reflect on favorably. I'm just, you know, <laughs> just mentioning. Now, <laughs> oh God, I, I I think I see why we're having this one on one. Okay, yeah, I, okay, yeah, I see this graph you put in front of me. I don't know what is the. Oh, that's what it is. Ooh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, quarterly sounds about right. Well, so but you know, I not that I'm going to do it for the street, but that but that ended up that was the Sam Altman tweet that I ended up putting into that. That was the the coming of age talk. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, I had forgotten what it was about, but yeah. Which I, which I stapled into like, I, you know, I kind of like recovered my balance and turned it into a halfway decent talk, but uh, <laughs> the, all right. So, so anyway, I'm, I, I'm sorry for many things. I'm sorry for not being sorry. I'm sorry that we're here. I'm sorry that like the person on the internet is like, what are you guys gonna do? Like an episode, like oh, the water is wet. The, the earth is round. We, we might, I don't know. I, I can't say we won't. So I just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Exactly. So the, 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 the tweet is um from Nate Silver. We, okay. First of all, what is your relationship with Nate Silver, Adam? Oh, like, I, I, mean, I think, I think like many, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, there was a time when 538 was like true. Everything. Like, totally. yes. Like if you reloaded enough, then, then things <laughs> would become true and it would, yeah. and that, that it had previously predicted and then complicated after that. Um, yeah, I kind of felt like, I, I think like kind of 2016 was my Nate Silver, kind yeah. of apathy, you know, and he yeah. rightly kind of called the 2016 election and, you know, people were kind of, you know, figuring out where they stood after that. And then I don't know, something like, a, like a bolt came loose or something in his brain. I feel, um, <laughs> and just started getting like a little bonkers. Uh, um, and then kind of more bonkers and then some other stuff where it's like, all right, this is not, this is not what I came here for. I feel. And it's, I, I and it's kind of been watching a bit of a disintegration. So it sounds like I'm not the only one that has that, uh, has yeah, that feeling. But sounds like you're still following the Nate Silver question mark. Okay. That felt, that is a great question. <laughs> and I actually, do, I, yeah, I am, I am still following him. There we go. So that's yeah, how that, so, this tweet came across the radar. Really, I, I'm right about this. So th th there's, uh, so this is a tweet. Uh, the most important inventions of the decade of the 1900s versus the decade of the 2000s. You got to think like, oh, what's going to go uh, wrong with this tweet? Nothing can go wrong here. Off to a great start. Uh, pretty good evidence for secular stagnation. And then you, and then what's amazing is then so he's got these ten inventions from the first decade of the 20th century. And these 10 inventions, can you see my air quotes, Adam? I'm not sure if the air quotes are coming through on the audio. You got any air quotes there? <laughs> these 10 inventions from the first decade of the, of the 21st century, and we're contrasting them, and we are drawing the conclusion that uh, apparently innovation has stagnated. And uh, I mean, I've got so many questions about this. Then just to like answer one of the questions you might have, this is where again, our, our colleague Eliza definitely I called this, made this observation as well. This is where it kind of like slips into like, what are we doing? It's like, what is the source for this? Oh, the source is mostly various LLMs, but I have to do a lot of verifying and vetting. It's like what, like Googling from the LLMs? Uh, some inventions are hard to date precisely. Other suggestions are welcome. So there, I don't know, Adam. So you, had you not seen this until I, until I dragged this dead mouse to you? Had you uh, avoided this thing? Uh, no, had not seen it. Um, and I don't know. Feels feels sort of baity. Feels like you know, the kind of stuff that I see on Twitter these days. Right. I know. Like, why am I here? Why? Wait. Wait. Yeah. Who, who do I have to blame other than 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 myself? But uh, what do we mean by secular, and what do we mean by stagnation? Would do you think? Yes, I've got. The, okay, these are really good questions. What like what do we mean by secular? What do we mean by? And I actually also feel like that is a word. You know, it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where they talk about paradigm. Like, isn't paradigm just <laughs> or the, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I kind of feel that with, I mean, because, I mean, secular means like non-religious, right? I mean, secular means that that's the actual, but so what, when we talk about secular trends, I mean, we're, we're talking about trends that are kind of separate. I mean, I use that to kind of talk about things that are kind of separated out from, um, from kind of like cycle that this is like, this is like kind of a macro trend. And I guess that's what, what he means here. That this is a, a macro trend of the stagnation of, of innovation. Um, I mean, it's just kind of, so it, I mean, there are a bunch of questions. So yeah. What, what do we mean by, by secular? What do we mean by stagnation? Um, I don't know what that means. Um, what are these actual inventions? And when we say, what is an invention? You know what I mean? Like theory of relativity is not an invention, right? Do we call, is uh, that an invention? I mean, tricky. I, I guess not. A discovery? I don't know. Yes, isn't that a discovery? Isn't that like, doesn't, isn't this the fundamental difference between science and engineering? I mean, the, I mean, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe that's just me. You know, maybe that is, but to me, like air conditioning, like air conditioning is, is, is an invention, I guess. I mean, it is for sure. Um, but theory of relativity, I don't say, I don't see how that's an invention, but what it, I, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, 
I also, here, here's another question I have for you. What is the purpose? Where are we? What is, I mean, I know you're asking, what's like, no, but what do you mean, where are we? You brought us here. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're driving. Like, what do you mean you're lost? You told me confidently you knew exactly where we were going when we left. Like, you can't be lost. <laughs> I am allowed to be lost. You're not allowed to be lost. No, but like, what are we, in terms of, of why grade the importance of innovation, wherever it may lie? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I just don't think it's that. Like, what, what, I mean, it's kind of an earnest question of like, what does that tell us? Does that tell us something that we didn't previously know? And I don't know that it does. You know, like, does the Nobel Prize tell us something that we don't already know? I mean, do we, do we really not know what these things are? I mean, I just feel like, I mean, Nobel Prize is great and it's great to honor folks and so on. I mean, there's like other reasons to have these awards, but I just don't know that it like, it, it tells us very much. That's right. Is, is it meant to be some, some commentary on the lethargy of these kids or whatever the uh you know that younger generations are not innovating in the way that the greatest generation did or something but i'm not uh, really sure that that's what that's the intention either so i and, and someone's pointing out in the chat the secular stagnation is actually a technical term in economics so i i it is long term in the sense so uh thank you wikipedia all right that's like all right nate silver i'm you know i i i apologize um i apologize for that one i apologize yeah. for that um and then so there's a question of like, why do this? Like, what is it biased to do this? And then like, what does it mean for all of this to be stagnating or slowing down? Also, I feel like, are there important things that are missing? Which I think the answer to that is like, yes. Gotta be yes, right. Right? And then of there course. are, is it, is it too early for us to, if we are gonna be like really evaluative about the, the impact of these technologies, is it too early for us to be doing that? Or the technologies that only came out 15 years ago, 20 years ago. That's a great, that's a great point. And, um, you know, is it fair to look at a particular window of time? You know, because I, I can imagine that innovation, even in its longest term consequences, is not going to be uniformly distributed. Like that there are going to be, just by happenstance, decades that are more or less, uh, by whatever measure Nate happens to be using or, or, or seems objectively true. Totally. And and what is that like? What is that? What's the meaning of like why why a hundred years and like why that? I also feel that like the you know a kind of a, a whether this is just is true or certainly seems to be true. I mean, I'm always amazed at the the and we've talked about this before. Famous stressful event, World War II. Um, the <laughs> just the amount of innovation that came out when, when th th that kind of desperation, right? We've talked about this before. We talked about this on our, on our kind of our GPT episode that like the, the, the desperation being kind of an important trait in innovation. And when you're kind of comparing different times, you may be comparing times of like different levels of desperation at some level. And it's like, so you may be looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so you, it, I also feel that like there were, so in charge, Maybe let's start with, do you want to start with things that, that we think that they might have been missing? I mean, that you have. Sure, that's great. There, there were a couple, and by the way, like, you don't need to just listen to us rant here. If people want to, like, hop on the stage and, like, just really. Uh, the, I, I've got a couple big ones that, and, and there were a couple of folks pointing out, too, um, that some big ones that were, were missing. Um, yeah, what, what do you have on your list? Well, I have to say, first among them, and this is something I would like to know more about, um, is the Haber process, for, um, for which is the industrial process that gave us fertilizer. And the, the I think- Is this it, like it is, nitrogen fixing? Yes, nitrogen fixing. Yeah. Huh. And like real questions about whether humanity could feed itself in the late 19th yeah. century. And whether that we would just starve to death because there were too many people chasing too few resources. And the, uh, that was, I mean, the, the industrialization of fertilizer was really, really important for that. Um, and uh, I kind of feel like that's gotta be on that. I mean, that, I think that that's like right bullseye in the middle of that decade. It feels like that's super important. And I mean, I get this. It's also kind of the, the, the innovation that I think Adam, you and I both, gravitate to which is like the I, I the stuff i really find interesting is the stuff that are the kind of like the hidden bits that actually all of modernity depends on like you actually didn't realize mm -hmm. that and, and i mean of course i'm sure any chemist is like spitting out their drinking like this is not a hidden bit pal like this is sorry <laughs> this is this is a big deal but i think that the 
there are, there's a lot of stuff like that where you've got a it's something that you you don't necessarily see, but it has made your life possible. And I I mean I feel like the, I, the Haber process is be I, I don't know that's when I that that I would be yeah. a nominee there. You're you're saying like maybe bump safety razor off the off the list. We grow beers. <laughs> oh, not safety we, razor. We got we we, we feed humanity. That's what I see. Safety. Safety razor, uh, you know that. Okay, yeah, that's a good. Also, another good example. Like, what does definitely not belong in the list? Safety razor does feel. I also got to say, vacuum cleaner. Really? I mean, <laughs> you think vacuum well, cleaner is up there with the? I don't know. I mean, who are we asking? We're asking some LLMs. We're asking some LLMs. Some LLMs who apparently who uh you know listen the LLM can't grow a beard can't grow facial hair and <laughs> it has always right. looked from afar and wondered what it would be like if um <laughs> That's right, and it feels me. it feels I don't know I'm an LLM but it feels like really important it feels like the safety razor was a big big breakthrough for you all right up there yeah. with the uh with the airplane honestly yeah so I the, mean so more the more modern one I thought CRISPR seemed i think that's like early 2000s or you know the the aughts yeah it seems like it should be on the list and actually you bring up another good point what is the point of putting a date on these things i mean because i feel like a lot of these things it is hard to pinpoint i mean on, on a, a, there are things obviously that you have like a breakthrough a big breakthrough but like the, the you know even crispr and you know the um the uh uh Telling me that the Isaacson book that I forced you to read, is that what you're trying to weasel around? You didn't, for, I read it of my own volition. Um, well, but I, um, I, which I thought, I mean, it's actually, that book was actually okay. I think, it, you know, because the topic is so interesting. <laughs> yes. The topic is <laughs> I remember, I remember your quote from the back cover. Uh, this book is actually okay, Raves Brian Cancer. Actually yeah. okay, because the topic is so interesting. Yes. Because the topic is interesting, yeah. They, 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 really, they really wanted to use that one. They thought that was a pull quote that could really move copies. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not... My book also had an odor. Did yours have an odor? Can we, did we talk about this? <laughs> well, mine was electronic, so no. I, no, I knew it. So this is like, okay, okay, not to get too conspiratorial, but I'm like, is this some sort of like ebook thing where it's like now we just – we're kind of like going to pot on the printed book and like, yeah, there's like a, there's an odor to kind of drive me to, uh, to an electronic copy. All right. So, you so you're like have... a printed book truther vis-a-vis -vis right. the odor <laughs> of printed books. That's right. And I'm going to have a tweet on this and Nate Silver can have his own podcast talking about how crazy I am. Okay. So that's what's going to happen. That, that, that's the I way. It. It. I, I, I love it. Big ebook is forcing everyone Big into their is DRM domain. That, that's exactly right. Okay. Well, of course it sounds crazy when you say it that way, but I just say, <laughs> listen, do your own research. I just think that there are a lot of questions. I think there's just asking questions here. That's I'm just fair. asking questions. I mean, I'm saying that book had an odor. It felt noxious, and I was overwhelmed with the desire to read ebooks after reading it. I don't know. Do your own research. Okay. And so there's another. There actually there's another one in the in the chat on uh, Norman Borlaug. I don't know if you did you and um I, this is another part of the Green Revolution. So I was kind of going back to to the Haber process for a second. The did you see this going around, no. Adam? I'm, no, so not at all. there's. There's apparently a bio on this guy and uh, someone who really we actually we should get on the podcast. I and I can't remember where I saw this was like this bio is like the best bio I've ever read. So immediately we're like, all right, I'm gonna go buy my copy for two bucks. It's like, eh, no, you're not. That's like that's a you're gonna buy a copy for like 120 bucks. And it's uh, but it, I, I'm just I'm really fascinated by the ag. Tech. I mean, ag tech is missing from this list, and I think ag tech is super important. That, yeah. That's my. Have you read Dream Reaper by Craig Kingon? Have you talked about this? No, I haven't. The so Dream Reaper is this book in the Sloan Technology series um, that I think is outstanding. The series is outstanding, but the book is really outstanding about the a startup developing a birotor combine, so going to compete with International Harvester and John Deere in ag machinery. Really interesting book, and it's all because it's also like a history of agricultural technology. And man, without ag tech, like you and I are in the fields. Uh, um, we all are. I mean, that's what mm. like we. It's Really, I think everyone should get some reference. I'd like to get more reference. I'd like to get, I, I wish there was more written about it, about ag tech, because I think it's so important. Um, it, it's um, what has allowed us to go, you know, tweet and argue about tweets. All right, so CRISPR, we feel uh, is, but the, so that book on CRISPR, though, sorry to get back to your point, that book on CRISPR, the, the Isaacson books on CRISPR talks about like how, I mean, there, then, yes, there are folks that have won the Nobel Prize for it, but like there are a whole bunch of things that, that begin to, I mean, there's a, a bunch of things that happen over time and it, 
it kind of, a bunch of things had to be stitched together. And I feel that yeah. this is like more true than not. Yeah, no, I think that, that that's gotta be true of almost every innovation. I mean, I don't know, I guess maybe that was less true you know, when, when Newton was scratching his head thinking about stuff. But I think even then, it, it probably was not the case. Yeah, it feels like it, 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 I think, you know, okay, this is interesting because th this does bring up a very important point about like discovery in like the Newton era or like the Euler era, right? Which is, you know, as a mathematician where it does feel like, I mean, Euler is so ridiculously prolific in part because, I mean, obviously extraordinarily bright, extraordinarily energetic guy, but also like coming out at like kind of the right time in history in terms of being able to like a bunch of open problems in front of them. And I, I do feel like when we're like kind of comparing ages, I do feel like, yeah, of course there are going to be eras when which a, a new domain is opened up and it's just like, yeah, the problems are, I mean, easier is the wrong. Okay. Can we, have we, I know we talked about this before, but like Dykstra's algorithm, that's obvious, right? I'm surprised you didn't lead with Dexter's algorithm. I, I, I thought that's I thought that was going to be the first one out of the gate. Do you have a bingo card? But yeah, right the, now? the problems were kind of thick on the ground, right? It was, wasn't. Yeah, and I mean, I think like, like nothing against Dexter, although we I, and you know, I guess we can go back to our our, our podcast about the uh, dragging Dexter. But I, I do feel that like <laughs> like say that Dexter fired first in terms of. <laughs> denigrating not just basic but everybody who learned basic which includes me um right but i feel like dykstra's algorithm is like it, it, it's okay it's great you, i mean it's great but feel like oh my god that is just extraordinarily subtle people must have like really struggled with this open problem for a protracted period of time and like those breakthroughs i think are like the, the ones that are wild and really interesting but are always seem like they have many many people involved yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 we were talking about LLMs on every episode recently, and, <laughs> and that's and that's uh, you know, arguably, I think a, there was a bunch of important work done in the early two thousands. Um, like I, I know, for example, at Facebook, but at other places as well, and and dating back in previous decades, and it just happened that a, a bunch of stuff has worked out in surprising ways in the last couple of years. Well, and I do think it's wild that Silver is like, innovation is slowing down, says man who asks computer to make his list for him. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. And even if his conclusion is like, geez, the years 2000 through 2010 were pretty slow. Like, well, did anything happen after that? Anything relevant for this conversation? Yeah, and it did feel like he kind of had the, the conclusion because people were like, wait a minute, like, how about like, how about like GPGPUs? How about, I mean, I think he does have on his, on his, 2000 list, you do have uh, cloud computing. 2002, like, no, that's not 2002, <laughs> right? That can't, I mean, because, I mean, S3, I think, is like 2006, isn't it? Um, I think 2002 for cloud computing, like someone, I, and I love that the LLM has tried to leave a footnote there. Like, can you actually give us a whole thing? What does footnote four say? And then I do love next to cloud computing. It's like, boy, what can rise level of cloud computing? I don't know, USB drive? It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, and like the thing that we used for arguably 15 years and then haven't used since. The in terms of USB drives? Yeah. I mean, okay, well, I, look, I mean, now you're putting me in a position where I got to like defend USB drives. Like I think USB drives, I mean, I use USB drives all the time, but I just don't still? know. That, I just, uh, yeah, still, I'm going to use a USB really? drive okay. tonight. Did you know that? Okay. To get I, like the thing off of the thing, sure. Yeah, to get the thing off the thing. Like right now, yeah. we're we're the, the, uh, this is being right now as you speak. The, you've got a micro USB drive that is actually recording wow. this. Wow. Which I and I I honor its its contribution to this podcast and to civilization, but I don't feel it belongs <laughs> on this list. I feel like. All right, well, take that. Let's see, Google Maps. Like, exactly, Google Maps, and the, so then you, you've got the when Google Maps is another good example, right? Because like. What is the innovation of Google Maps? Like Google Maps is building on all sorts of different things. And they had some like wildly creative contributions. I don't know what I remember is the wildly creative contribution of Google Maps it may not be the wildly creative contribution that other people remember, but I don't know about you, Adam, but like what I remember is like, that was the app that was like, wow, Ajax is a thing. I, and Ashley is saying this in the chat as well. Like that way, Google Maps, do you remember like that was wild? I remember yes. where I was when I was first, we were, we were in the MetaWeb office. 
That's right. That's right. And, and this was building like because uh, MapQuest or whatever was the the state of the art. MapQuest was the state of the art. And you were taking these GIS systems, which are kind of like these extant systems, and then combining it with this like really creative programming technique and taking this like kind of hole in the browser that was XML HTTP request and you know turning that into AJAX, asynchronous JavaScript and XML. And like that was a and the, that whole idea was like, I mean, that might be the even bigger contribution of Google Maps. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, it was a, it was a big deal. Yeah, uh, and then you, you got the uh, so, and I guess we're trying to like the the big theme that they're trying to that Silver's trying to make is that things are slowing down again. I don't even know why. Okay, so what? Like, let's just say yes, it's slowing down. So, like, do you want to get off? I mean, do you? I just don't understand. Like, are you going to leave? I mean, I I just don't understand what that means if it's slowing down. I mean, this is kind of reminds me of, you know, even though I would prefer to you, you to read SBF's positions, but SBF's position on Shakespeare, which I really was <laughs> I forgot about that. It's like, what's the, like, what, why? What does that matter? And Maybe so it's then, because we as humanity are using our precious resources more conservatively. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, did, I mean, I guess if there was like a policy angle to it at the end, that would be kind of interesting, but... I don't know that there is. And so here's no. the, okay, so here's the like somewhat serious reason why, I, this is why we're, maybe why we're here. The, I think it is really dangerous. I think we've talked about this before, but I really want to accentuate it. I think it is dangerous to imply that problems, all problems have been solved. That there oh, is yeah. no, there is no room for innovation. And I feel that, you know, in, in each of these domains, I mean, because the kind of the implication is that the, you know, these domains that were developed in the, you know, the, 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 the air, aircraft being developed in 1903 was, there's no innovation left in aircraft. It's like, no, false. Like there's no innovation left in these. It's like there, there is innovation left in, in lots and lots and lots of things. It's, yeah. it's just, it feels it less, as you say, you know, the, the, there's, it's not necessarily thick on the ground. It's like, yeah. you're going to have to work longer, you're gonna to have to work with a group of people. It's just gonna be, it, it's gonna be grindier. You know, this reminds me of, um, I think I've talked a bunch about, we've talked a bunch about that uh, acquired episode on TSMC. Yes, amazing. And yeah. the, the, the crazy stuff that they need to do for like the ultra, the extreme UV lithography and, you know, melting molten tin particles with lasers to you know, to emit this this light at a particular wavelength, that is just wild to me. Like the wild. yeah, just standing on the shoulders of giants, on the shoulders of giants, and so forth, and and how we would recreate all of this from nothing. Uh, it just it feels it's so path dependent. I'm not sure that you know if a couple of critical pieces of infrastructure just disappeared off the face of the earth, or or knowledge disappeared. Like how long it would take us as a society to recover. You know, and maybe that is like, is that the angle? Is that is like, is that what's under people's fingernails? Is the idea that like, no, no, because it's like not a lone inventor, like I myself can't understand it. So like I am reminded about how small I am in the universe. Um, in which case, like, get over it, get over yourself. But I, I, <laughs> I totally agree. I don't know, like as a kid, did you, did you ever read a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court? Um, For sure. And actually, this is a role reversal. Do you know why? I did not read it. I listened to it. I, I on, on, on a cassette, on a cassette, wow. on a cassette. So this was actually amazing. So there was a, uh, a theater group actually based out of San Francisco and um, called the Jabberwocky. And they, and they had a company called the mind's eye and they made these, they would record literature, but they would, but, but it would be acted. It was like old radio timey, acting and they were amazing and so i used to my sister and i used to listen to these over and over and over again so listen to like hawk finn and the oh, the odyssey I got, uh, time time out was this actually a cassette or was it a record just tell me the truth it's fine we can move on i just need to know it was why would it not be a cassette why it is a cassette but why would it not be a cassette i mean i listened I to it could record. have been a record i don't know yeah okay i listened you know what i listened to no i listened to like the like the disney 33 rpm goobers on okay that was on record Okay. Are we, am I, everyone's That's fine. I've just, I just. Oh, that's fine. 
It's no, so I listened to that on record and on vinyl, but I didn't know this was. I don't know even if these were available. These were only on cassette, so you had to get. It's on cassette. Wait a minute, that wasn't a serious question. I've been. uh, It was on a track. You no, it was on a cassette. (laughs) Um, And I actually still have a couple of these um, because the I felt like they're like I I've looked so they're hard to find. You can find them on eBay occasionally. Um, but there are, cause I want my own kids to listen to them. I mean, it's like timeless literature and it's amazing. And so I, and then it also came in very timely when I was at school, I realized that like, actually I don't really need to read the Odyssey because I've listened to it so many times. I didn't read the Odyssey <laughs> until I was an adult actually. Um, and actually I can still hear the, the voice of the actor who played Odysseus, uh, in my head. It was just amazing. But the, and so I would love to get a hold of these things just cause I think they're so outstanding and I, I hope that they're not all lost. Um, but so the Connecticut Yankee King Arthur's Court was a great book, right? Mark Twain book about a guy that goes back in time and he uses his knowledge of modernity in midi. I mean, it's such a great premise like Mark Twain and that guy's good. That guy just had some good ideas. <laughs> so that's, that's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot take. World War II stressful. Mark Twain, talented. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, but, and I just remember as a kid thinking like, what would I bring back? And I do feel like it is, I mean, so many of the things we've built have built so much on one another that like, you know, you take a single microprocessor back in a time machine and it's really, you know, you can't eat it. Um, it's just not going to be... <laughs> It's going to be a very limited utility, yeah. and you know, and and maybe that's kind of what I. Maybe people have like nostalgia for that era. I'm not sure that that era ever really existed, honestly. Um, in terms of like an era where you, but maybe you know, in Twain's time, 19th century, it did feel like it's you know, it's very steampunky. Um, says <laughs> 19th century historian Brian Cantrell. I'm sorry, I'm not sure. This is this is just, just like. Um, but it is, I mean, you're in a period of like massive technological change during the, the, yeah. the, the, the you post civil war, um, the, um, just the connection of the country and railroads and everything. you got all the, the, the telegraph, you got a bunch of stuff going on. And I, I love that idea of kind of like, how would you kind of leverage the, and it leverage the knowledge too, kind of back in time. I think it was a great idea. Um, yeah, but, it, but it feels like it would be hard to do that now. Like, I'm not sure what you'd take with you you know totally like what like i I feel like i would die almost instantly like i would not have my contact lenses and i would just be done and of totally no use to society like my soft hands on not even helpful for gathering food (laughs) you know i you're selling your hands short i think your hands are (laughs) short there you go all right for gathering food so the um but uh, sorry, I, 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 I digress. In terms of like the, uh, but uh, the collaboration, so you, you mentioned the TSMC acquired episode. Sorry yeah, to yeah. kind of get us re-railed here. But just in terms of like how remarkable it is. And each generation requires so many like impossible problems to be solved. I mean, it really yeah. is, uh, it's it's outstanding. I mean, just, just um, um, amazing kind of like, I feel when you dig in any of these technology areas, you find all of these ways, and I, I mean, we've said it on here before. It's like, where is the book on the PCB? Yeah. I mean, the PCB is so amazing. And, um, you know, we've kind of, uh, I, and I think it is really important that people realize, like, no, there are a lot of open problems and innovation is continuing. Uh, I don't know where the pace of innovation is. I don't know. And I don't know how meaningful it is, but there's a lot of hard problems to be solved and a lot of like important breakthroughs to be had, I feel. And a lot of those important breakthroughs are on the things that like people are kind of, I mean, there's a solace in working on a problem that people aren't paying attention to. It's the only, yeah, absolutely. only computer startup in. <laughs> but I feel we did, we, we did do that a lot with, I mean, like a lot of system software. So in terms of like, what would be on your software list, by the way? Of the, yeah, I was making a software list, and yeah, software I list? mean, very, I mean, very unsurprising, but like, you know, C to Rust was is kind of a big fucking deal. It's like, big, um, and like not just because you know Rust is whizzy and we're Rust fanboys and all that stuff, but 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 actually, it introduces like some very important different concepts, um, and has really changed the way that you know, the, the productivity of folks and the way that people build software and the kind of software that we build and so forth. Um, and, and, you know, rest is, it's part of a chain, but all, all of those innovations have been incredible and really important. 
Really important. And so, you know, I, I, I often like it when kind of people decry like the lack of innovation. I'm like, okay, go back into a time machine in 1990 or in 2000. And there's a lot that is different. I mean, a mm. lot that's different. And just from like, and different in terms of like the way you live your like life, you know, the way you talk to your kids or, you know, con you know, contact your kids or the fact that you're like in like Safeway the, searching the web for like a recipe for this like rump roast that's on sale wondering like do yes. i have the ingredients it's like that's bonkers that's right fact, these incredible things have become so banal yes so banal and i mean you could imagine i mean like we're talking about like going backward in time but if you were to take someone from the past and bring them forward in time and they'd be like whoa that's like your communicator like can you have like a video chat with adam like you, i could but it's like no, we're not gonna do that right now. Like we could, but like you can do that and you don't do that all the time. It's like, no, no, we don't do that all the time because it's- No, it's really weird. annoying, yes. It's yeah. super annoying. It sounds, I know, I know person from 1990, that sounds like wild and it is like, it is wild, but then you kind of get over it. Um, I, I mean, so I, I feel that like just to your rust, because it, it, it's kind of interesting to do the thought experiment of like, what would it be like to go back in time? And I did this not just as a thought experiment this weekend, I have to tell you, I was writing a lot of C this weekend for the first time in a minute. <laughs> Have you written a lot of C recently? I've no, I've not written a lot of C, but I did write some C, and I was very proud of myself that <laughs> that it sort of worked. But so it was, I was not a lot of C. I was making kind of a delicate change in the linker, and mm. and it was. Uh, I mean, I, I it, it really felt off putting. It's like, wow, this is cannot believe we used to do it this way all the time. It feels yeah. so uh, it, like, and there's like in so many different regards, it, it feels like the, I mean, and I think like our linker is clean. Like it's relatively clean code as C code goes, this is good C code. Mm -hmm. It is still, there's so much implicit behavior everywhere. And Absolutely. you know, like I, you know, you and I both understand memory safety really well. And I, you know, had an initial cut of this that, um, that seg faulted when you ran the linker. And I mean, as one does, but not because of memory safety. It was because of initialization. And hmm. there was this structure is used as like a static initializer and kind of implicitly assumes like C doesn't warn me. Like I, I had to like discover that like, wait a minute, there's another way to, to, to initialize the structure that doesn't, I mean, there's nothing to prevent you. And I think that Adam, you and I both remarked on this, like the ability to fearlessly refactor code in Rust. I mean, that is just, that's otherworldly coming from C. Absolutely. I mean, it's changed the way I think about writing software like the, that, you know, that if you don't feel that sense of fearlessness, you're kind of doing something wrong. Like you haven't, you haven't built, constructed things appropriately and so forth. And, and that's totally very different. Like back, back in the day, you know, I would, you know, after I committed some change to the Solaris kernel, I would not sleep well. I would wake up early and I would check that everything was okay. I don't know if you did this as well, but like it, yeah. every time you're like, have I, have I thought through everything? Cause it felt like operating without a net. I, yeah, I still do that. I still do that. <laughs> after the swap of SMIN, the change that we talked about last week and we had uh, an issue that we that I had a performance issue that we encountered this past week, and I was like, "I'm like I've broken this somehow. This is me. This is cancel." It was not me, but it was actually it was a it was a very old issue. But um, and then you know the points we made too in the chat, Adam, that like if you were to take Rust and take it back in time to 1990, not foregone, not a foregone conclusion at all that it would be successful. In part because it would take like it, it would it would take you a mean to your 16 megabyte machine. Like <laughs> right. how, how's that going to work? Right, that you've got a like the resource limits are really different, and I think that you know one of the amazing things about Rust is it creates these small artifacts, but it takes a lot of horsepower to create those small artifacts. Yeah. This is actually one of the things that I was wondering about, like in semiconductor, uh, in following Moore's law, how much of Moore's law or Wright's law or whatever you want to call it, how much of that was being accelerated by Moore's law? In other words, like how much did we need? the faster processing machines to be able to simulate that next gen. And folks in, in semiconductors are like, no, like you definitely needed that. You could not, like, you, that's part of why it, you can't kind of skip generations because we've actually needed the software that we've been able to build uh, on that to, to be able to build the next generation. I mean, it's very iterative in that regard. Yeah, no, absolutely.
So the and yeah, someone in the chat is like, Rust artifacts are small. Like, I'm sorry, do you not have the? Uh, do you not know how to run a the stat system called uh, for embedded Rust? They're very small, and I think actually like the binaries themselves. Yeah, small is not the first word that comes to mind, especially because this thing I was debugging over the weekend was a a binary with I think 240 thousand sections in it. So yes, fine, <laughs> not small. Not small. In including uh, including a section, Adam, that I believe you must have added because it involved the words detrace eat. and eat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Nope. You you nailed it. I'm like I think I might know who's involved in creating that section. Um, I, yeah. I I assume that that is the that that's the work that you and Ben Acker did. I would assume that's um, right. That's right. That's the, that was. Uh putting a probe descriptions from USDT from usually on statically defined tracing uh, dtrace for Rust in a kind of format that was convenient for us to do from ASM macros. Um, so yeah, don't get rid of those yeet sections. They're very light bearing. Uh, you, you, you'll be happy to know that the yeet section is but one section of the 250,000. It's all okay. actually the GCC accept sections. Uh, is gotcha. basically all that is, yeah. Um, but all right, so, so what are some of your other, uh, cause I absolutely agree with you. And the, the thought was occurring to me too, like, wow, rust is really, it's such a, and this is like, not something that Nate Silver is going to put in a tweet. Yep. You know what I mean? It's so, like, this is something that's such a big deal to practitioners. And I feel like in every domain, there are things like this, like, no, this is a really big deal to practitioners. And but if you're not a practitioner, you're like, you're not going to necessarily appreciate it. All you're going to appreciate is like the better artifacts that result from it. So this isn't exactly spot on to uh, the early 2000s, but it's not it's not far off, which is horizontally scaled systems. And you know the oh, conversation yeah. I'm thinking of, which was in 2000, when I was an intern at Sun, we were like walking downstairs to go oh. get lunch and Sun had just shipped. And it was, I think it was an eight CPU, like vertically scaled machine, like eight socket, yes. eight core, you know, it, it was like one core per socket, all that stuff. Yes. And walking, I, believe, that, I, believe, I believe we're walking upstairs from okay. lunch. Is that possible? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think the, 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 the direction. Well, there you go. So uh, I could definitely possible, but I, I would say the, the crux of it was I said, you know, for $100,000, can I get like, you know, 100 computers right. instead of this one computer with eight yes. CPUs in it? And we're like, well, eh, sure. Eh. I don't know. I'm sure they thought yeah. about it. And they had not thought about it, dear listener. No, um, we had not thought about it, and it was uh, in hindsight that was the moment that Sun was doomed. Yeah, but like horizontally, horizontally scaled systems, like really, really big deal. Um, that I think, I mean, obviously, people have been writing distributed systems of various descriptions for a very long time, but I feel like it, it was at about that time that it went from like a thing you could do the, to the way that you did things. Totally. Yeah, and I think the the idea that, and then I think some things that, that came. I mean, I, I think Raft is a big deal, honestly, because mm -hmm. um, you know, on the one hand, it is uh, Paxos had had a couple of implementations, and um, you, you, or there have been a couple of implementations of distributed consensus, but that's like a one where it's like this was done in a way that was much more readily comprehensible, and then you could be adopted by a bunch of different. Uh, software was able to actually incorporate this and it's really important for a bunch of, there's a bunch of like people don't have to necessarily deal with distributed consensus problem because they're using software that solves that for them. Hmm. Uh, and that was not true even as recently as like 15 years ago, you know, it was zookeeper 15 years ago was right. the, 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 were the only, have you, and have you ever dealt with zookeeper? Have you ever to... <laughs> no, I think the closest <laughs> I got was Camille telling me not to use it. That's like every user of zookeeper is just like, <laughs> It just just trying to warn you warn you away from it because it's yeah. uh yeah in um ZK is really really tough to manage. So and I, like that, that's an important you know the the movement to to raft is like really important and that's another one of these things that's just like not you know not going to make an a Nate Silver list but is also like indisputably important and yeah. it, it allows you to build. Uh, and I feel like again, there's like stuff like that for there's so much stuff like that, and I feel. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like to use the term sea change because I don't know that I'm using it properly. But this feels like one where, going rather than forcing these monolithic systems to become ever more reliable, we realized that we could make more reliable systems out of less reliable components, and that that was a huge deal. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, and because it's just changing the economics of these systems and allowing for yeah. the yeah, yeah, totally.
Um, I think, you know, Ashley had pointed out on, on Twitter, if not in the chat, that like, uh, hey, how about like antibiotics? Wasn't that the first, just going back to like the things that are might be, I mean, there's just no, nothing health related here at all. It feels like there have been, I mean, we obviously we talked about CRISPR and it, it feels like there's just, a, I mean, there's so much, so many breakthroughs there. Um, and, and, you know, I was talking recently to a parent of a um, of a kid who had childhood leukemia, and like that was an absolute death sentence, and it's now basically not. And that's, I mean, what an amazing. I, mean, I feel like there've been a bunch. I mean, obviously, um, the mRNA based vaccines have been have been. In, I mean, I just feel like, feel like there've been so many big healthcare breakthroughs. For I mean, all the challenges in healthcare and so on, all the economic challenges. Like there's some some big 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 breakthroughs out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it feels like, uh, literally life-changing. Absolutely. And it feels like there are going to be some in the early, that, that first decade of the 2000s as well. It feels like there are, uh, the, I, I did love the fact that the, uh, that block, the blockchain in Bitcoin was on the, the chat GPT list. It's like, oh, come on. I mean, are you, uh, and then the, and then the, the Tesla Model S also seems uh, like, it feels, it feels like a product, not, I don't know. I, you know, now I'm just like, now I'm yeah, it's like, product. yeah, sure. I don't know. Electric vehicles, like big deal, like making the mass market also big deal, but like did Tesla invent that? Like, no, battery technology is incredibly important. Like maybe, maybe that's, you know, but that, that's a level of innovation along the lines of uh, lithography changes, right? Like that right. each one of these, yeah. you know, each new, cathode each new nanode is like a big deal in its own right but it is kind of incremental well and just that incrementalism like how many innovations really can be isolated from their time and context i bet not very many you're just yeah, like thinking that's of, right like how many of these things are like okay yeah we can actually take that back into the time machine and it's like I, it feels like you really i mean even like in you know we were talking about wiles's proof of from theorem as kind of in that I mean, even that like really relied on a bunch of math that was like relatively new at that time. Um, yeah. And the, um, and yeah, someone in the chat is like, you know, this is, this is the Arthur C. Clarke line, which I, I, the, that any level of sufficient, that of sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, which I actually think is, is very true and a huge, huge problem. I do feel hmm. that like it, we, so I think a part of the problem about the way we get here that like, okay, there's nothing new is because like we are, these abstractions are preventing you from appreciating what brought this to you. You know what I mean? Like there's no yeah. one. And you look at something as basic as like ag tech. It's like, you really got to go seek that out. No one's going to like take you aside and be like, by the way, like here's why your life depends on the Haber process or you know, here, here's why the bi-rotor combine is this a, is a really important innovation. Or I feel like we, and it, I think it's really important that we like stoke that curiosity to like take this stuff apart and learn how it's broken in order to be, I mean, just like the, this is really is a clip show, isn't it? I'm um, going back to Simon Willison, you know, and I loved his like running like slow, bad LLMs to learn how they work. And that's a really, it's really important to like rip through those levels of abstraction so you realize that it's actually not magic yeah no absolutely it's, um, it's too easy yeah. to, to just take take for granted and you know i think um i remember in 2015 i think like back to the future 2 takes place in 2015 which you know felt like an, an important movie of my childhood so when it was actually 2015 and we didn't have flying cars everyone felt very disappointed but i'm sure yes. if we had flying cars they would have felt very pedestrian by then yeah, that's what, that's kind of interesting to think about because like we do like we love to focus on like the flying cars and the jetpacks and the moon bases and like all right I feel ripped off on that stuff but like we've got like the real time video chat with grandma like don't we want to talk about that one like no 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 that one because that one is pedestrian you know it's yeah. like eh, it's boring it's like no but that's kind of the point right it's like we're we're fixating on this stuff that we um, yeah and uh, yeah you're right if we had flying cars you'd be like no not flying cars I wanted jetpacks not flying cars. <laughs> Like That's you right. have a flying, I, I car. flying cars on Mars. It's like, well, we only have cars on Mars and like they're unmanned. Like that's boring. That, it's Actually, boring. That's amazing. It is it's, uh, totally. And did you, um, you know, someone actually had um, on, on Mastodon had pointed us to um, a Andrea Collier video on that. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I watched uh, about two thirds of it. Terrific video. 
she's amazing, uh, astrophysicist, but she was uh, taking apart like there have been no advances in physics in the last 70 years, um, which does feel like, okay, that's a pretty generous, like you got to, and I just, I don't know if you've gotten to it yet or not, but she was like, it's also just like this, the rebuttal on this could just be lasers. I mean, lasers are so <laughs> incredibly important for absolutely everything that we go do, that we do. And yeah. that is all like physics has brought that to But she also makes a really important point that I feel like you kind of hit on a bit with the rust point too, where you have like a breakthrough, but it's not really appreciated because it's, it's out of its context or it needs other breakthroughs. And it's only like 15 years later that like, okay, now we can really appreciate that and bring it to a much broader. I mean, certainly that that's happened with many, 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 many things. And yeah. the other peril of kind of like assigning it a particular date to these things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do love, there's a, a great bit, the, uh, a, um, someone in the chat is, is it, a bit by Louis CK talking about how he like, thinks it's so ridiculous that people complain about uh, Wi-Fi on the plane. He's like, do you really think like, you're in an aluminum tube moving at like <laughs> 600 miles an hour you know, 35,000 feet above the earth and you're complaining yeah. and like this, that you like, it's, yeah. and you're pissed because they're out of Pringles and the Wi-Fi is not working. It's like, the Wi-Fi is not working. Like seriously, <laughs> it's like, wait, right. wait, 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 what's, uh, I'm old enough to remember when Wi-Fi was just blew my fucking mind. Like the Wi-Fi idea that I can have my mind. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you, my mind in particular. Yeah. No, but no, because like you were my, uh, no, no, I remember. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I remember how I, I like I was all in on Wi-Fi. I remember interviewing at Sun, asking if I could, you know, work from the roof for the parking lot. And you're like, why would you want to do that? But knock yourself out, buddy. God, I remember that so vividly. We are so goddamn old. This is like, <laughs> it's like you learned about you learned about Wi-Fi from Adam. I'm like, yes, and he sounded crazy when he described it. Like, there are no <laughs> wires anywhere. It's like that's it's like how. Well, that's going to work, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, like that can't possibly. And no, I do remember like, God, the first time you had Wi-Fi, like, oh my God, I'm not plugged in anywhere. This is amazing. Yeah. And you got to feel like there's going to be stuff for sure. Like in 20 years, like it's, I just feel it, we, uh, and actually on that note, you know, you are an early adopter of so much. The Vision Pro. Where are you on the Vision Pro? Nah, not pass. Like pass. it's so expensive, man. And you know what, what am i going to so i mean part of it is i'm not that interested second if i sat at my desk with the vision pro on like my wife would just like poke me in the back of the, my head when i wasn't looking like it would it would just invite ridicule at home and at the office at home and abroad is steve actually yes. going to bar steve is threatening to barge on stage um but i the is steve wearing his goggles right now that's the that, that, that's the question steve's here steve you've barged on stage I'm not I'm not, I'm not wearing my goggles right now. I have not bought a Vision Pro, even though I keep flirting with the idea constantly. My, my, uh, my estimations of how successful it's going to be has been rapidly going up and down over the last couple of days since we did oh, the yeah. uh, prediction yeah, episode yeah. Yeah. Uh, in particular. First of all, because the thing that I said back then was that I thought it was a, basically the equivalent of MacBook Pro, but it turns out it's actually like significantly less powerful. So therefore, my estimate went down. I was like, oh, looking bad for my, uh, my suggestion. But there's like a lot of subtleties in the way that they've built it that I think make it seem very interesting and possibly good. So it kind of like my vibes went back up on it. So I'm still, I think I'm still where I originally was at, but there's been a lot of interesting stuff since it's actually in people's hands now. Steve, whatever it's worth, I too have been thinking about your prediction these last couple of days. And I've been, I, I, I've been, I've been bullish. I think because to me, like your prediction was, this is going to be successful enough that they do another one. And I feel, it feels that way. It feels like, yeah. and it feels like the tech is, is just, looks like it's mind bending. I just, I, I just don't know. I, I, it just feels like it's a it's segue still for the too face. expensive for too many people. Yeah. It's like, it's like still too expensive for mass adoption and it's still like too big and weird. But like, if you can get that in a sunglasses form factor someday or like something that's like maybe large glasses form factor, like I think that significantly helps if you can get the, the screens <laughs> down lower. Anyway, when you say large glasses, I'm envisioning like, not like clown glasses though. Not those kind of, of course, glasses. like clown glasses. Everyone will think that's okay. super normal, right? It'll be future fashion. We'll just, but yes, I don't think you can ever truly get it to that side, blah, blah, blah. I just think that like the focus on AR over VR is like a smart thing and we'll like see how it ends up. That's all. And so uh, one thing I saw going online just kind of goes good. This is also this like, you know, the, the pace of innovation, but like how innovations happen and are they ahead of their time? Is, is this like the Apple Newton? Um, and uh, Steve, did you have a Newton? 
I never, I never owned a Newton. No, uh, I did a little bit of like Palm Pilot developments in college because there was a class about that. But I've never like, I never really significantly used those class of uh, machines. Feel strong, but like they are computers. So yeah, sure. I never really had that stuff. But the Newton also feels like there's something that there was a lot that ended up being important in the Newton that we kind of laughed at at the time, or people that dismissed at the time. Adam, did you have a Newton? No, 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 no. no. No, I, I had a Palm Pilot as well, but you're, you're right. Like I was, I mean, part of this, like I was a kid, right? Like I didn't have whatever hundreds of dollars to blow on a Newton. Uh, and, but I guess that was part of the problem. Like nobody had those hundreds of dollars to blow on that particular device. But I was very excited for it. Right. I was, when I came out to Silicon Valley, it was right when they had the vigil for it. The, 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 they had like a candlelight <laughs> vigil for, I think it was like in like 90, maybe 93 or 94. So maybe slightly before I came uh, out. Um, but um, but I'd say, like, in conclusion, well, aside from like Nate Silver being uh, perhaps right that secular stagnation is a term, I don't think that the the the, the pace of of innovation has not been stagnant at all. I think that there's been a lot, a lot, and I, you know, what I also think, Adam, I am going to make this this other larger point. I think that we, you know, what I think that we've got a cultural malaise with respect to grievance. I think we focus, and maybe <laughs> I don't too, by being trolled by this, but. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we don't focus enough on gratitude. We focus too much on grievance. And people are like, just to your point about like, like, damn it, I didn't get the flying cars. Like, forget, you know, I'm going to ignore all this other stuff that I got. It's like, you know, you got like, there's a lot going on that you got. And we can focus on that. There's a lot to be grateful for. I think that's right. But I also think you you kind of sound crazy when you're like, I mean, one of the things I, I feel like I talk people's ear off is like the fact that people have 10 gigabit ethernet in the walls of their own home is mind blowing to me. <laughs> it, this is such it, a preview of me. like the way of us at the, we're, we're going to be in the same like uh, long term care facility, right, Adam? Is that do we have that in our <laughs> our, our children? Sure, sure, we, sure, I, sure, sure. I just sure, want to be on the porch with you when we are. When we, just, I mean, we just we sound like such fossils now. I can't even imagine what it's going to be. So great in forty years, I you know we're gonna. I just. I just want to be wheeled out on the porch. Just, with you. I mean, just like, okay, okay, okay. I think <laughs> I know the answer based on what you just said, but just like this 10 gigabit ethernet, like on right. normal copper wires that like you found in your basement, not blow your mind and, and like 10 gigabit mind. ethernet into your house in like a piece of glass that like some dude strings down the manhole cover. I don't know how they actually do it, but probably something like that. Yes. In fact, is your we have got fiber that is like literally strung up to the house. And when they strung it up, I'm like, do, are we going to reinforce that anymore? That? It's like this little, like little thread that yeah. hangs kind of prominently from the house. And it feels like extremely fragile to me. And so whenever like we have weather, the way we did this weekend, I just go out and stare at that little thread getting whipped around being like, <laughs> I'm going to have a full mutiny on my hands. Just dear God, if you take the internet, take the power with it, or I'm going to have, it's going to be, it's going to be mutiny over here. Yeah. I'm sorry I got trolled over this. Um, I, I'm and are you sorry? I am. I'm getting sorrier, actually. <laughs> you know, as we as we kind of got into this, I actually I think I am feeling something that like might approach remorse. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I maybe, maybe I'm going to work on that. Work on that. Um, Good. But I I think these lists don't really. Um, the, the, the stuff that's interesting is all the stuff that's much deeper and yeah um we gotta gotta dig to get that stuff also people are asking for an, for an oxide book club in the uh in the chat we on that note what, what are you reading right now Adam? are you reading uh i'm i'm i've kind of started a couple of books on crypto which means that i only read them sporadically um one is number go up by um i think his yes. name is zeke foe which is like, yes. as some our, our colleague noted, the most fake-sounding real name that anyone's ever had. Oh, and I'm and I just started another book um, on cryptocurrency. On, yeah, uh, right. uh, and I started another book on this. I can't remember the name of it. I got to go look it up. But it's on a startup that was doing facial recognition software in like the most terrifying Big Brotherish way possible. But uh, I'll keep you posted on that one. Yeah, can you post it on that one? I'm I'm uh, finishing up this this uh, history of Sun. I think, and, and I actually found, oh, a, yeah. found one other history of Sun. So I've, I think I will have read all all histories of Sun. I'm, I'm done with my 
my my son binge. Um, and then I've got a book on McKinsey that I'm excited to read. But we 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 need to like we should come up with like a book that is uh you know good that we can I love read. it. Yeah, yeah, I so, love it. Like, pick, pick a book, uh, kind of shoot for March or April or something. Give everyone a heads up and do your homework or don't. But and and it will it. be the pressure will be on because I like really can't be a book that was like last published in 1982 and was only self published because uh, it I, I we, we've learned that we can actually drive. Hey, the I'm gonna. I, up. I was gonna go buy all of them up on eBay oh, and then we were it's like mind. Oprah's book that. club, but for us, Oprah's book club, but but a racket. Um, That's the, right. From, from the people that discovered Wi-Fi from one another. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, hey, this has been fun. Um, I, I, we've got a bunch of good shows in the pipe, so we're not only just being trolled by the internet. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of good stuff coming. Um, and uh, stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. And sorry, Adam. <laughs>